Total Seduction, where we help you create the sex and relationships you want, both in and out of the bedroom. Uh, in today's episode, Brandy and I are back, and we're turning the heat up even higher. Uh, <laughs> we'll be sharing our favorite fantasies, uh, what's so sexy about them, and if any of them are on our real-life bucket list. Um, lots of people are into into lots of different things, and I'm hoping with some of the things that we'll cover today, you know, we'll we'll be able to talk about how surprisingly normal some of your craziest fantasies might be um, just because of how how much people are like into things, but they don't normally talk about them. So we're going to talk about them. Um, stay tuned as we dive into our very own deep rabbit holes um, that is our list of favorite fantasies. <laughs> you like that intro? I've intentionally just chosen two. I'm like, I'm just going <laughs> to stay on topic with two. Excellent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, I have two and I have a third one if we have time, but I'm sure we'll have lots to talk about. So, Um, so Stephen and Kimberly are out this week again. So y'all are once again, stuck with me, Ava, um, as your host. And of course, the amazing, fantastic, (laughs) wonderful nurse, Brandy. Hello. Um, (laughs) um, So Brandy, before we start kind of going through the list of all the things, I always like to try and cover like the basics, right? So like mm-hmm. last time we talked about kinks, we talked about like what exactly is a kink or fetish. So to kick things off for this episode, let's talk about like what exactly is a fantasy? What is something that makes it a fantasy? What's the criteria? So I think you can have real life fantasies or you can have fantasies that in your head sound amazing, but when they actually were to get played out in real life, they wouldn't quite have the same effect. Um, Mm -hmm. One I can immediately jump to is a rape fantasy, which um, I know a lot more females have than they actually admit to. So the fantasy of like a rape fantasy more has to do with being overtaken and control being taken away and and that appeal. But, you know, if you were to obviously translate that into real life, that would not play out the way you would want. And there's two very different um, aspects there. And so that's one example of a fantasy that would not translate into real life. Well, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That reminds me a lot of what I've kind of learned about porn in that, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's porn that you watch thinking like, oh yeah, I want to do that at some point. And then there's porn that like specifically is not realistic, is not real, is not designed to be real. Right. I'm like that, that would crack my back. Yeah. That was that position. I don't know. (laughs) That's great for you. Um, Yeah. Yeah, People don't actually look like that. People don't actually Mm -mm. bend that way. Mm -hmm. That's not really a sustainable uh, position to be in that kind of thing. Especially. Yeah. Sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So are you like me of like now I'm to the point that either um, I get most of my um, porn uh, fulfillment either like from fat live videos because I notice if I watch professional porn I'm criticizing it more than I'm like I know that sounds fake I know that's not real or then I'm like how does she stay in that position for so long like I can I just overly criticize it I you know truth be told I've I've watched lots of porn um in my day but I I don't watch a lot of it these days these days I prefer more to just go based off of my imagination because I tend sure. to go down 
one of those like crazy rabbit holes of like, I want to look for this specific thing and I want to find the perfect video. And then I end up spending such a long time looking for like just the right thing that I'm like, oh, this, you know, wanting to like get myself off before bed and budgeting like an hour for it so that I could get enough sleep. It's like three hours later. I'm like, we just need to get this done. We need to get it done. Yeah. 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 Uh So I I tend to veer toward my fantasies rather than toward porn as far as like self-care, self-pleasure type stuff. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about like what a fantasy is. Um, I promised that I would go first as far as sharing our fantasies this week. So, uh, shoot, I have three in mind and I'm trying to decide which one I want to talk about first. Let's do, um, I'm going to go with the, probably the, the softest one of the three that I picked out, which is a fantasy around body worship. Um, and it could be for me, the fantasy switches, like it could be me giving body worship or me receiving body worship, kind of depending on what I'm in the mood for. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I have a very like submissive bottom type mindset when I'm playing in kink and generally with sex. Um, and so a lot of times that looks like me giving body worship to, to another person. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, in my head, like the way that I, I paint that picture is basically like pick a body part and essentially make out with it. Right. In a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly. So yeah, if you think about like a really deep, like intense, intimate makeout session with somebody, think about providing that type of care for another body part or for like yeah. lots of body parts, right? Yeah. Um, and obviously I think like the obvious one that comes to mind is uh, like sucking on my partner's dick, right? Like that kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Um, mm-hmm. that's a really, really fun one that I think is probably more popular that people think about when they consider the concept of body worship, but it can apply to any body part. It can apply to the entire body. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I've had a couple of scenarios in real life in the past where I've had the opportunity to receive full body worship and, oh, it is delightful. It is so just pampering and you feel so special and just, oh, it's just the Mm -hmm. full body experience. Um, and so that can be really nice too. that kind of like feeling pampered or worshiped almost kind of the flip side of the coin of receiving body worship is, really, really hot also of like, oh, I'm so, I'm so hot and I'm so sexy and I'm so special that I can literally just lay here and just receive this worship from this person. Right. That's really sensual and really delicious too. Okay. Um, Yeah. Now, so two, well, one thing I want to say is one um, benefit from a a body worship fantasy, especially as played out in real life, is that you get to discover all these other like zones and areas that you might not have otherwise explored, like the back of the knee, if you want to make out with that area or, you know, stuff like that. Or if you've ever like been like wanting to explore sucking toes, that's part of the body. Mm -hmm. You can try to worship that and see if you're into that. Like you can use it as opportunities to explore and see what feels good to you and your partner or partners. Yeah. It offers you like the entire body as a canvas, you know, that's pretty cool. And there's so much, there's so much artistry that can happen in there, right? Like there's just so much to be explored. Um, I remember the first time that I was a part of a foot worship scene um, and it was from someone in the community, actually, we were, we were at the club, we were at the market. It was like my first foot worship scene. And I was sitting up on the, the boot black chair at the club. So this really, really high chair. Um, and I had someone at my feet, like giving me a massage and, and then kissing my toes. And the next thing I know, like my toes are in their mouth and their tongues, like all over, like in and out of like between the toes and stuff. And I had never had an experience like that before. I wasn't really sure what to expect. 
And at first I was like, oh, oh, what's happening? And then I was like, actually, this is kind of nice. This is yeah. kind of nice. This is probably the closest that I'm ever going to get to understanding what it's like to be on the receiving end of a blowjob. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I can I can understand the appeal in that. This is mm-hmm. working for me. Okay. You're like going slow or fast or sloppy mm-hmm. or methodical. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm there <laughs> with you. Yeah, that's Absolutely. a good that's a good analogy to say this might be the closest I get to knowing what a blowjob kind of feels like. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, a piece of my body that's like super like wet and like sliding mm-hmm. against someone's tongue and like mm-hmm. I, saying it out loud, I'm like, oh, that sounds gross. I'm like, that's not how I remember it. I don't remember it, it feeling gross. I remember like really enjoying that. So mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> if if you can let go of like that, you know, initial oh my gosh, they're sucking my toe and I don't know how I feel about this. And you get, you get past that and kind of can sink into the enjoyment. It really does feel good. Yeah. It's hard to yeah. describe, Um, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. okay. So that is my first fantasy is body worship, both giving and receiving. So kind of dual purpose. So what about that? It, it's that fantasy would make that like one of your three that you were going to discuss tonight. Like, is it because you like, is it something that is um, intimate and sensual that you can explore with a, a partner and it's like more of a connected thing? Or is it you being in the situation of receiving without there being an intention or an end game of you giving or? Great question. So I almost want to treat this as two different fantasies because I enjoy mm-hmm. the giving and receiving piece of it for for very different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, in receiving body worship, for me, it's really about feeling so desirable that I oh, don't need to put in any effort, right? Like the that's like the whole concept of worship is I I just deserve this by default, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so to be that desirable um, is so hot and is so sexy, and especially when you're doing this with somebody that that you have a strong, intimate, emotional connection with. I feel like that mm-hmm. is something that makes me feel very seen um, in mm-hmm. a very like vulnerable position. And it just, it helps with that emotional connection. If that's something that you're looking for with your, with your sexy games, right. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it builds a lot of intimacy in that like, Oh, this person desires me this much that they're mm-hmm. willing to really take their time and literally explore every inch of me. Like, yeah, that's a big deal. That's not just the down and dirty. I want to fucking enjoy it. Like that is right. a much more that's slow, a sensual experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's on the receiving end. Um, On the giving end. Hmm, let me think about this for a second. Again, when it comes to like kinky play, I'm, I'm very much on like the bottom or the submissive side mm-hmm. of things. And the concept of I don't have rights or don't have needs. And I am just here to serve you that kind of, um, surrender, right. Of like, my existence is here to worship you. Like that concept can be really, really hot and can be really Mm -hmm. sexy in the middle of, of fun bedroom activities. Right. Mm -hmm. So kind of like going into this, this fantasy of, you know, setting all of my things away and literally just being a vessel that provides pleasure um, yeah. to another person. That's mm-hmm. really hot for me from like a submissive perspective. Right. Maybe one day, one day we can do a show and we talk about like the submissive perspective because you and I both identify as that. And and when you're in that role and it's agreed upon, it's like everything else just falls away. Like mm-hmm. all the outside life stuff, like the dishes downstairs, you know, the temperature of the room, even you, all mm-hmm. of that is gone. And you were serving that one purpose and doing your best. And yeah, it's it's oddly like freeing in a way. 
to yeah, just have the that rest of the world thing. falls away. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I so, love that. Yeah. I, I would not want to be in that headspace a hundred percent of the time. Like I would not live my mm-hmm. life like that. Right. Mm-hmm. But in the middle of a scene or in the middle of sexy time, that is, yeah. there is something so relieving about leaving away all of that weight that normally rests on your shoulders from just being a functional adult in today's world. Right. Like mm-hmm. you don't, like you said, you don't have to worry about the dishes. You don't have to worry about the bills. You don't have to worry about uh, right. walking the dog later or what time you have to get up tomorrow. Like none of those details are anywhere on your radar in the middle of this. Right. Yep. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Love okay, it. Okay. That was a good um, one. Thank you. Would you like to go next? Sure. I'll go next. So both of my fantasies that we're going to talk about today, if we have time, are, um, one neither have actually occurred in real life the one I'm getting ready to describe is the more vanilla one that I would absolutely love to have happen um it is something that if you were to ask me five years ago I would have been like oh my god no but through like some um therapy and internal growth and all that I've kind of been able to be like, yeah, that would be amazing for me. And so five years ago, I would have cringed at this. But um, so I have this fantasy, it's very idealistic. And I don't know if it would ever play out in this way at all. So it might say in the fantasy world. But I am like dating someone. And they tell me that they are going to like take me out for the evening. So they will either like leave a letter on the bed in the morning or something and it'll tell me to be ready like at six o'clock at night and they might tell me what type of dress to wear or I get to choose right mm-hmm. but like I, I know we're going to go out to like a nice place and so they come home and they're already ready to go and they pick me up and I'm ready and they like open the door for me and I get in the car and they drive us to where we're going and then they have everything arranged like we're not like on a wait list. We have reservations. We're, we're sitting kind of in like an intimate corner where we can just kind of be in our own bubble. Um, and then we have just like a really enjoyable dinner. We don't have to be up early the next day for work. And then we come home and it is just like this like sensual environment. And I don't know, for the life of me, I have this image of like them like slipping their finger underneath the strap of my dress and it just like falling off my shoulder, right? Mm -hmm. Just really minute details like that, that really do it for me. Um, And then it almost becomes kind of like a body worship situation Mm -hmm. where they just want to like devour me in a slow way. And then, of course, we connect and have sex and, you know, it's lovely and, you know, tucks me into bed and we go to bed and cuddling and and that's great. And so to me, five years ago, I would have been like, oh, my God, that's fucking gross. Like, I I don't know who those people are. Good for them. But that is not me. Uh, And I think that was just um, that type of fantasy is very vulnerable for me to be like, Mm -hmm. you mean you're going to take care of all the details? We're not going to, I don't have to feel bad about like not paying. And then at the end of the night, I'm not going to feel like I have to like pay you back or like, oh, you paid for dinner. So now I have to like put out. These are all things I had to work through. Um, And then just to enjoy that they want to do that for me and with me sounds amazing. That's almost like taking 
like the, the word, the concept of worship to the next level, right? Because it's not just like physical body worship. It's I'm going to take you out and treat you right and take care of all of the details and pamper right. you like a fucking princess. And I think what I struggled with for so long is that I have just been so fiercely independent my entire life. And that's just how I was raised. And that's something that I have, uh, you know, I've always known I can rely on me if nobody else. And so that is something I've really had to work through is, yes, you can be fiercely independent, but you can also let people take care of you. Yeah. And, you know, and and so that's been something that's been some real self-growth for me. I love that. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like this is going to segue into like off topic stuff. So I'm going to say this, but I'm going to keep it short. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it like what you're what you're talking about reminds me of some personal growth stuff that I've been working through recently where like I didn't realize that I had this belief that like, oh, I'm just not this kind of person. I am not the kind of person that will ever um, go back to college. I am not the kind of person that will ever own a house. Like I am not the kind of person that will ever be super, super wealthy. Like those were like thoughts in my head that I didn't even know were there because then these opportunities for me to do these things, going back to school, owning a house, things like that started coming up on my radar. I'm like, Oh, I'm in a position in my life where I can do that. And, Mm -hmm. and it's a little bit scary because I had just never believed that I was going to be that kind of human, right? The Mm -hmm. concept of like feeling like you are undeserving of those things because you were kind of almost like set up to expect otherwise. Like I expect not to have these things in my life. Okay. I was going to say, was it, was it something that you set your life up for where you didn't like, you weren't seeking those out or was it a situation where you thought you wouldn't have those? So you convinced yourself that you weren't going to have them. The latter. Gotcha. I I did not think that I could ever have them. So I did not let myself want them. Right. Sure. And so, so kind of arriving at the conclusion of like, you can have those things, you deserve Mm -hmm. those things. You can Mm -hmm. be that kind of human, um, you know, without sacrificing your own identity. So like uh-huh. listening to your listening to your fantasy of like yes I can I can let someone take care of me without without changing who I am right without mm-hmm. losing that that independence and that autonomy like mm-hmm. yes you can have your cake and eat it too you can have all the things right yeah that is that is my lesson anyway I digress oh that <laughs> makes sense okay well I'm glad that you're learning that about yourself yeah if that's yeah. what you want if you want to own a house and you're learning that you can good for you. It's, uh, it's all about the journey, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so let me see here. So I think we've, we've talked a little bit about why you like that fantasy, right? Like the concept Mm -hmm. of like being taken care of and and having Mm -hmm. every detail kind of put together. Um, let's see, I had these thoughts kind of written out of like, what, what other questions are we going to ask ourselves about (laughs) these particular fantasies? And, Mm -hmm. and I like completely forgot about covering that for mine, but Let's see, if somebody wanted to explore that kind of fantasy in real life, how would they go about doing that? If they have a partner and they want to bring this kind of picture to life, like what, where would you suggest starting? So if they have a partner that's like me and like fiercely independent and a little bit like, oh my gosh, you're being so nice. What do I need to give you in return? Because, Mm. you know, I kind of go back to that like 50, 50, or if you, you know, so I think if you just made it clear from the beginning, whether that's a conversation you had with them in person or a letter and say, this is what I want to do. This was entirely my idea. There's no expectations. Um, I just want to have a night where I celebrate you and kind of let them know from the beginning what the intention is. 
And then they have all day to kind of be like, oh, wow. Like, you know, like don't spring them on and don't be like 5 p.m. and be like, this is what we're going to do tonight. Like give them a little bit of time to think <laughs> about it and they can get excited about it throughout the day. Like they can plan out what they're going to wear and and all that. You know what I mean? And then you can even converse about it throughout the day if you give them like a letter or talk about it that morning of or the night before. Um, yeah. But then... You know, for me, if that were to happen in real life, of course, I'm going to be, I think for me, I would need a lot of reassurance throughout. Like you can't just say at one time, if, if this is something that's foreign to you and something you're um, not explored, you can't just be like, I just want it to be all about you for one, you know, you need to like kind of reassure me throughout the night that it's okay. And, you know, as annoying as that may be, I would think future times would would I would be better. But when it's something brand new and you don't know how you're going to feel and it's a feeling you've never had before, you know, I think that the person can expect to need some reassurance. Sure. Yeah. There, yeah. It's understandable that there may be a little bit of uncomfortability there because, yeah. because there's not a lot of experience being in that situation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I... Someone that I have been seeing um, recently took me out for a pedicure, like within the last two weeks. And I haven't given myself a pedicure. I haven't treated myself to that in years. It's just I need a pedicure not somewhere. on my priority I'm so list. So jealous. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was so funny because the way the way that he ter- termed it to me, he was like, you know, sometimes I just like buying pretty things for pretty girls. And like at the time in that conversation, it felt kind of sexy, like, oh, sugar daddy tones, like kind of a thing. Right. I'm like, okay, I can get into that. You can I'm treat me. That. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. then like when and we actually went to get these pedicures together and I was sitting next to him in the, in the chair with like the back massager on and, and we had our, our feet in the little like uh, spa pool thing. There was a lot of awkward silence. Like I was really uncomfortable. Mm. I'm like, man, I feel like I just need to be like showering you with compliments and gratitude yeah. because, because I don't normally let people treat me to something like this. I'm like, Oh, this yeah. is uncomfortable. And I didn't say anything. Like we were just quiet most of the time. And afterward, he's like, it's really interesting how you were mildly uncomfortable with that entire experience. I know. When the whole concept yeah. was that we were there to like be pampered. Right. right. And so like it's, and then he wanted like that, to do it. It's not like you yeah. dropped a hint and he was like, well, I guess I could do that. Like you, he brought it up. He wanted to mm-hmm. do it. And then you were still uncomfortable with it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it, there's, there's an adjustment period for everything. Yeah. I yeah. am delighted that but I you was know treated. What's crazy. And I don't know if this is true for you, but if that same thing would have happened and the, the person, the partner would have like gotten me a gift card mm-hmm. and then I went and used the gift card for the exact same thing, it would have been 10 times more comfortable for me. Maybe yeah. it's because they weren't in the room and you didn't feel like you had to like show how grateful you were and blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But like they're, they're spending the same amount of money and mm-hmm. they're still, you're getting the exact same result, but it's, it's interesting. I would be 10 times more comfortable taking a gift card you got me and still being just as appreciative and going and getting the same mm-hmm. service than if I were with you. It's yeah. almost like there's this like cultural sort of brainwashing that happened that like anytime that we get something, we feel obligated to do something in return, right. Mm -hmm. To show, to prove that we earned it or something. And that's not necessarily true. Even if it's a gift, like I think we need to learn how to better receive a gift Mm -hmm. as purely that just a gift. There's no undertones. There's no hidden intentions. It's just someone wanting to do something nice for you. Yeah. Which I still question, but still, like, I mean, <laughs> I'm getting there, people. But, yep. like, yeah, th- those people exist and they're lovely. <laughs> All a part of the journey. No, I was just th- thinking back, like, even kind of admitting that was kind of vulnerable for me because now I'm thinking people are going to listen to it and see me in this, like, really um, 
this type of light, like, oh, she just wants to be pampered and soft mm. and soft and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I can still be a cum dumpster. You know what I mean? Like I Absolutely. have this, de- this defense coming back and I'm like, nope, I need to work on that. It just shows me I need some more stuff to work on. Like, um, I, can have, I, I can be both those things. <laughs> I love that you just said cum dumpster because that's literally the next fantasy on the list. Yes. Um, I wrote Look down cum bucket, segment. but like cum dumpster, okay. same thing. Like, okay. Yeah. So, so good segue. <laughs> yes. I didn't even mean to. Great. Yeah, that was good. Um, okay. <laughs> so let's see. So like cum dumpster, cum bucket. So like the concept of being a receptacle for people to, to dump their cum on you or in you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, super like degrading, humiliating type of fantasy. This is not one that I think that I would ever actually do in real life. As exciting as that concept is to me, I don't know that the circumstances would ever line up so that I would feel safe enough to actually go through with it. Mm-hmm. Like in order for that to be a reality for me, I would need to know everyone that it's that's involved, know their sexual health status, um, know exactly what's going to happen, like know when and where and like all of the things. And and having all of those details like 100% mapped out almost takes some of like what I what I enjoy about it out of the experience. Mm-hmm. You know, like that concept of like surrendering and like that that concept of like oh I am literally just a receptacle like that almost like dehumanizing piece mm-hmm. of it um, can be really really hot and really sexy especially when you're mm-hmm. thinking through like degradation fantasies. Um, but to have it all planned out like step one, step two, step three, step four like that kind of takes the magic out of it for me. It would almost have to be a situation where you would have a partner that you trusted a lot, of course, Mm -hmm. that would plan all that out. And then you would be presented with the opportunity to do so. Mm -hmm. But yeah, for me to have to say, this is my fantasy and I want to, and this and me try to make it happen and find people and then all the, the STD testing and making sure that's up to date and they haven't had new partners and then be like, okay, well, I'm going to keep you on reserve until I get my other people ready. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it would be extremely difficult to make a practical yeah, reality. That's, that's a lot of, a lot of coordination. Well, and, and I think an important piece to talk about is that everyone's um, threshold is a little different, right? When you think sure. through the concept of safe sex, there's no such thing as 100% safe sex. Sure, There are safer sex practices and those mm-hmm. are going to vary from one person to another to another. Mm-hmm. So like what I'm, the, the line where I, what I need in order to be comfortable doing a fantasy like that in real life, it's probably totally a completely different line from the next person or from the next sure. person, right? Yeah. Um, so for me, I just don't know that I would ever be comfortable enough um, making that a reality, given how much work would have to be put in to feel safe doing it. Other mm-hmm. people might draw that line differently and that's totally fine. Right. Um, yeah. so this is one that I, that I just keep to myself that, you know, that, that last thing that I do before bedtime to help myself mm-hmm. relax. And I just want to like mm-hmm. quickly get off and go to sleep. Like that, mm-hmm. that is one that I revisit regularly. It's one of your um, go-tos. Yes. Well, and we talked yeah. in our last episode about um, like humiliation and degradation mm-hmm. type kinks. And this is very, very much up in that alley. Like that is um, a kink that I will work into my fantasies again and again and again. And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know why it gets me so hot, but it really does. And at the end of the day, the why doesn't really matter. The fact is I enjoy it and I get pleasure uh, out of it. And that's great. Sure. I totally yeah. get that. Um, if somebody wanted to explore that kind of fantasy, my recommendation would be to find porn like that. That's mm-hmm. probably where I would start. I don't know, Brandy, do you have other thoughts? 
Um, so let's say, well, I can think from my perspective would be, um, if you're with a partner and you're wanting to kind of try to replicate that a little bit, um, and you, you know, you trust the partner you're with, they can, you know, use you to whatever means they would like and you all have agreed upon. And then they can like leave the room and come Mm -hmm. back in and like do something completely like that you've not felt from them before to almost give you the feeling that it's someone else. Yeah. And then leave the room again and then come back and do like, you know, if they're going to finger you with their left hand, usually use your right hand because it feels completely different. Mm -hmm. So it might make (laughs) you think for a minute that it is a different person. And even if later on, you know, a couple seconds later, it clicks in that, no, it is the same person because you hear their sounds. For those few seconds, it felt different and it made Uh you for a split second think it might have been a different person. And that's hot, right? And so it gets you to feel a part of that fantasy. Um, And so that's worked successfully for me in the past. Yeah. Stuff like that. I think there could be a lot of fun in um, setting up like a negotiation for something like that with a partner that you trust. So you're, yeah. you know, you can let them know like we are expecting them to like do things differently so that it feels like like it's somebody else. And you can kind of almost elevate that fantasy by talking about like, do you want to be blindfolded or tied up for this sure. or um, or even have like noise canceling headphones on so you yep. can't hear them. Like it's a lot of different options that you can kind of explore to sort of create that illusion. Uh, yep. I'm going to talk to my partner about this later. That oh my is, God, if they make idea. out with you in like such a horrible way, like they're like, they don't know how to make out <laughs> uh-huh. and you're like, just trying to like, try to make something out of it. But like, <laughs> it's not, you're like, who are you? Like, this is, you know what I mean? Cause you, you know, usually if you have a partner, you have like your go-tos and you know how to like kiss and make out. And then when they completely abandon that, you're like, wait, what? it was horrible, <laughs> but like not you. And so, yeah, you can tap into yeah. it in some ways. Yeah. Yeah, there's some tips. And and for anybody that might be listening to this that is thinking like, oh, my partner wants to have this kind of fantasy. I'm going to give them like a real version of that. Like do do whatever was negotiated. Don't bring in another person to make this fantasy real life for them unless that's what they actually want. Um, Consent is always always at the forefront of of these types of plans and these types of activities, right? So um, be sure like whatever it is that you negotiate with, with this person, whether you're on the giving or the receiving end, like, Stick to what was agreed upon. Just, just want right. to throw that and out there. And consent involves everyone involved. So mm-hmm. even if I had a partner that wanted to try to su- surprise me with other people, to me, I would only feel comfortable if there had been a conversation with those other people. Like it could have been five people and me not know who's going to be invited to, mm-hmm. you know, the situation. But like, I want to know that I was present and there personally for the consent between everyone and everyone was on the same page with what was going to happen and what Absolutely. was expected. So, I mean, it, it's, it varies for partners. I get that. But for me personally, I, I would like to, yeah. 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 Set up Make your guidelines sure, and stick to them. Yeah. It, it, it's great to try to make a fantasy come to life, but it can go wrong real easily if you don't do it the right way. Yeah. Yeah. So wherever, wherever you draw the lines for the sandbox, stay in the lines. Yeah, stay, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> cool. Oh, that okay. was a good one. Thanks. So mine kind of is, mine falls within that same category, which should shock nobody by now that we agree so much and align so much <laughs> in this, these fantasies. But mine goes a little bit further in that, in mine, um, I am like kidnapped mm-hmm. and taken 
to somewhere that I'm not sure where. So I'm blindfolded. And all I know is once I get there, I'm walking. And when I'm walking, I can hear like an echo from my footsteps. So it makes me think I'm in like a large room. Mm-hmm. And then I'm in the large room. And um, how do I say this? All of my holes are prepared. Mm-hmm. And then um, at some point, something happens and like people start clapping. So then mm-hmm. I realize I'm in like this auditorium of people. Oh, okay. Mm. And I'm still blindfolded and I can hear, but like I'm, it's muffled, but I can hear enough to be like, oh man, there are people here. And Mm -hmm. then um, I am placed in a way to where I am useful for others Uh and people will serve themselves, but they get like two minutes. And after two minutes, they move on or go get back in line. And so whatever you want to do for those two minutes, you're good. But like. And then if you're, you go get back in line. That's wow. It. That's I it. love how detailed your <laughs> fantasies are. Wow. I'm going to yeah. use that one later. Can I use that? Do you mind if Absolutely. I like, put that one in? Oh yeah, man, okay. it's a good one. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then like the, like the muffled clapping and I'm like, oh my God. So I mm-hmm. think maybe the clapping was like when I was like prepared and ready and they were like, okay, now it's getting ready to happen. Mm-hmm. And people were clapping and then. Anyway, yes, feel free to use it. I love that. I I assume, I assumed when you say prepared, holes being prepared, you're talking about Mm. being lubricated. Yes. And enema. Ah, Like cleaned out. Yes. Gotcha. Lubed and cleaned out. Yeah. It's like a whole degradation, humiliation thing in Mm -hmm. front of an audience that I'm not, didn't know was there. And then they start clapping and then I realize what they've just seen. I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh my God. And then they're still there for, yeah. So it's a whole thing. So I would assume this is something that is kept in fantasy and not brought into real life. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I think first, you know, to rent out an auditorium <laughs> would be a big barrier to the fantasy. But in general, like for me to think of how that would logically go. I mean, maybe I could eventually find like five people that would qualify and I would be comfortable with and we could play it out with like five people and that would be equally as fun, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the logistics to that, like you said, of finding those people and then being like, okay, well, I, my preference is you have to have STD tests and then be negative and you show me and then not take on any new partners and then trying to get all that set up and arranged. I mean, I would, I, you know, I would put the effort in if it was, Something if I was in a group where, you know, there was keen interest already shown, but Mm -hmm. to kind of seek that out, honestly, especially like for me as like a female to post that. Mm -hmm. And let's say I post it on FET and say, this is what I'm interested in to try to weed through all of the responses probably and find serious people Mm -hmm. and then then meet all the qualifications would be exhausting. I'd be like, you know what? I'll just stick to the fantasy. Yeah. So yeah, I, w- I would think that that would stay more in fantasy world. And that's yeah. completely fine. It, it serves me very well there. Absolutely. So not that it cannot become a reality in a way that you would be comfortable with. Just the juice isn't really worth the squeeze. The amount of work and coordination yeah. isn't really worth yeah. like making it an actual like reality. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I like that. So um, 
I have all these thoughts in my head about like, oh, how would I, how would I make that happen? Like, would I, would I rent out like the mark and like invite like specific people or Mm -hmm. yeah, like, mm, okay. I have ideas that I need to think about now. (laughs) Yeah. You could totally rent out the mark. Yeah. That was a fun one. Um, I like that one. I think it, it again that type of fantasy is very um like edge playish, right? Mm-hmm. Um it's it's consent non-consent. It can be can feed into rape fantasy um to some degrees, you know, mine had kidnap involved and you know, I think you can obviously tell a difference between like the fantasy I said about going out to dinner and how mm-hmm. that one could much more play out in real life versus mm-hmm. the one we just discussed um, yeah. for all the, the reasons we've discussed. And so, again, some fantasies are just easier to keep in the fantasy world and, and not bring into the real world um, unless, you know, you want to put in the time and effort to yeah. make it happen safely. Yeah. And I'm sure some people do and some people will. And you know what? That is great. And I want to hear all about it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Me too. Tell me how you did it. Let me know. Absolutely. (laughs) You did it. Yeah. Um, The kidnapping piece of it. I have a friend that goes to these um, kinky camps. I don't remember what the camps are called. So please don't ask me. I forget. I have a terrible memory. Um, But at the camps, they have these designated like kidnapping scenes that if you want to sign up to be kidnapped or, or be a kidnapper, um, you can do that. And you can like fill out a form and negotiate and like talk to the people and do all the things to set it up in a way that's like vetted and safe so that you can be kidnapped and have this very like real life, like rough, scary experience Mm -hmm. that is literally all pre-negotiated. So at the end of the day, you know that you're safe, but you still could have like a really, really realistic version of like, this is what it would look like if I were kidnapped in real life, if I wanted this fantasy to Mm -hmm. come to life. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think at least for the kidnapping portion, I don't know about everything that comes after it, but for the kidnapping portion, um, there are venues, there are events out there that do cater to things like that. So that might be something worth looking into um, as far as like the different kinky camps events that are out there yeah across the country yeah okay i need to look into this i i will figure out what the name of that camp is and i will let you know later i let me know completely slips my mind right now but i will i will figure it out and let you know yeah that'd be great like i want it to be like this time period of you know between 5 p.m and 10 p.m or something to where like you can kind of semi-plan for and they're not gonna like come kidnap you when you just got your pasta meal in front of you. Cause I'm going to want to eat that. You know what I mean? Like we got right. to time it to a certain degree to make sure I'm ready, but mm-hmm. like then it still be very much a surprise and then very much the feeling of being kidnapped and you know, you've agreed to it. And so they're going to go with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm or right. even having like timeline guardrails of how long it's going to last, because if it's a really sure. like intense, more of a dark kind of scene, then like yeah. maybe that's not something that you want to do for, you know, 10 plus hours. Maybe you want to do that's it, but true. you want to know that it's going to be over within two or that's one. True. Right. Yeah. yeah. Listen, if anyone can put up with me for 10 hours and not <laughs> want to return me, that will see. that will be the challenge for them. That would be a really interesting way to end a kidnapping scene. If you think through like humiliation, degradations type stuff, like getting returned because you're just so bad, oh right? Right. Well, they return like, you to the exact space, place they, they picked you up. Like if it was at a restaurant in this one seat, you get dropped mm-hmm. off exactly right. And they go and put you back in the seat. Holy shit. Oh my right. God. Yeah. Okay. Or yeah, you get returned because they're like, I'm done with you. You have, mm-hmm. you're not, this is, yep, we're done. Yeah. You get returned early. Oh my God. <laughs> be great. Okay. Anyway. 
Um, okay. I have, I have one more that I was hoping that okay. we could cover. Um, yeah. and it is, oh, I really, really love this one. Human sex doll. Um, so, and this, I, I'm a little bit fuzzy about how much this crosses over, um, with dollification, if this is more of a mm-hmm. dollification thing or more of a human sex doll thing, or just like a hybrid of the two. But like for me in, in my head, it very much is, um, just being laid down on a bed and, and like with the, with the uh, rule in mind of like, you are not human. You are a very realistic sex doll. You don't have feelings. You don't have emotions. Keep all the emotions out of your eyes. You can breathe and that is it. Otherwise you cannot react like Uh at all. Um, And I've, I've actually done this one with my partner a few times, a couple of times and, oh, it's so hot. Um, And like the hardest part of it is like, the concept is that you're being used, right? Like it's a, mm-hmm. it's a dehumanizing thing. It's a degradation type thing. Um, and the concept is they get to like move you or bend you in any which way that they want to and do whatever they want with you and, um, and then be done with you. Or maybe they use you for a while and then maybe they leave their room and go do something else. And then maybe mm-hmm. later they come back. Like mm-hmm. um, it's at their, at their leisure. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the concept of being used like that is so hot when you're in like a, a submissive headspace and when you're looking at like degradation type play, um, mm-hmm. that really, really does it for me. And mm-hmm. my biggest issue is that because I am not able to move, I will get super, super worked up. I will get super, super wet, but then I don't get to come. Right. <gasps> like I don't orgasm in that scene. Like there's, there's like, I get super, super you worked up. And then me up until that point, I was so interested in this for me. Okay. Okay. Oh, but what if, what uh-huh. if you just happened to? Like, what if the whatever they were doing was just hitting that spot and you just had to, or are you not allowed to? Um, the way that I've set it up has never been that I'm not allowed to. I just haven't gotten there. Okay. With that. Right. Um, and part of that I think is because my partner can't read me if I'm a doll, right? If I, I have no emotions, say, it would I also be move. hard to come and not act like yes. you're coming. Like. Yes, that too. Um, mm. Inevitably, what always happens is he'll finish and then he'll leave the room and then he'll come back and say, okay, the scene is over. Like you right. can react now. And then we'll wait however long we need to. And then I'll. Right basically go down on him until he's hard. I'm like, okay, your turn. Like, we're going to do this for real right. now. Like it's my right. turn. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I, I usually get what I need afterward. Oh, but sure. like, the whole scene itself is just so sexy to me. Um, so yeah. And also that's something hot also about like, I mean, I don't want to say not getting what you need, but then being like, mm-hmm. that's done. Good night. We're going to bed. Mm-hmm. And then you just lay there frustrated and you're like, I'm going to wake you up at three in the morning. I'm just like, you know, so just prepare <laughs> now. But anyway, go uh-huh. ahead. What? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's just something so, so sexy about, again, that like dehumanizing or degrading piece of like, I, I don't have rights or I don't have feelings or I don't deserve these things or I don't have these things. Right. And mm-hmm. that, that frustrating like buildup, like you were saying is so sexy to me. Mm-hmm. Not, not because, not because those are my core beliefs or my core values. Like me right. as a human being, like, of course I have rights. Like, of course I have a voice. Mm-hmm. Of course I'm going to take up space. And these but are the times moment, where I don't, I don't want them and I give them up. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Where you intentionally get to give them up and where you intentionally make your world so much smaller to the point where you are literally just there to be used by another uh-huh. human. Like uh-huh. that is so sexy to me. Uh-huh. So you've just given me an idea. So I've played around before where I've told a partner that I want to be told to be quiet. 
mm-hmm. like where I can't make any sound. So it's kind of like taking away one sense, but I've never done the, it's almost, if you will, acting like you're passed out, right? Or you're mm-hmm. not conscious, if you will. Mm-hmm. So it can kind of get into that world as well, which I'm com- 120% interested in anyway. But yeah, so it gives that feeling of just, you are just laying there and they will, oh my God. Yeah, I'm going to have to try that now. Okay. We All have right. toyed a little bit with that concept of um, being used while passed out or asleep, sure. right? And yeah. that one, like we were a little bit hesitant to explore that one for the longest time because if you... Um, interrupt someone in a sexual way when they're like super disoriented, like that can be like mentally, that can be kind of dangerous. Right. And so we were a little avoidant of that for a while. Um, But we, Mm -hmm. it was something that we thought was really sexy for the longest time. And after, I think it was a couple of years and we started talking about it more. Um, And so we planned something like that where I wasn't actually going, I mean, I could fall asleep if I was able to, but I was anticipating it. So obviously I was uh-huh. not actually asleep, mm-hmm. but in the, in when we played out this fantasy, I pretended that I was asleep the entire time. That was the first time sure. that we sort of explored that like human sex doll type mm-hmm. fantasy was just, but it was like a, a lower step of like, you're just going to pretend to be asleep the entire time. Okay. Um, so I have a question for you and you might not be able to speak for your partner, but uh, the question I have is what is the intrigue for the partner? Meaning you, you know, one would think, um, that they would want to see expression and like, oh my mm-hmm. God, and yes, and all that from their partner because it mm-hmm. gives them the feedback that they need. So from the partner that is, is you know, not the one acting like a sex doll, can you kind of help me understand the appeal for them? Um, I can help you understand the appeal from my perspective, certainly. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can't okay. speak for him. But like my my interpretation um, mm-hmm. is yeah. that it's, it's all about me, right? Like it's all about the person that is, that is doing the fucking or doing the using, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't have to worry about what you want or your feelings or your orgasm. Like I literally just get to use oh. you. Like you are not important enough <gasps> for, for doing this for your pleasure. This is literally just for my pleasure. Like that's oh, it. Sure. Oh, yeah. so it's almost like a selfishness in a way. Yeah. It's, yeah. um, it's like, it, it, it's uh, freeing not... and gives them the ability to do exactly what they want to do without any mm-hmm. concern or thought for you. Yeah. And, oh, man, and that that's amazing. exactly how we would treat it with, mm-hmm. with a sex toy. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I have a vibrator in the other room. Like I don't think about my vibrator's feelings when I go to use it. Right. right? right. Same logic, same exact right. logic in that kind yeah. of fantasy. <gasps> okay. That makes total sense. I just needed those dots connected a little bit for me. Thank you. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. My pleasure. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that sounds fun. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I think when it comes to that kind of fantasy, Obviously, that's one that I've done in real life multiple times, like I said, but it's not something that we just decided that we were going to do. And it's not just Mm -hmm. something that just happened to develop naturally. Like these are the types of fantasies that with my partner, I have talked with him about like, what would you, would you be interested in this? And if so, what would that look like? And what would Mm -hmm. I want it to look like? And what do I not Mm -hmm. want it to look like? Right. Mm -hmm. When you get into some of these like darker, more intense type fantasies, especially like the edge play type stuff, Mm -hmm. it's really, really important to put the guardrails up of like, I want it to look like this, but I really, really don't want it to look like this thing over here. So let's avoid this. Right. Yeah. Whatever Mm -hmm. the, the, the sandbox like guidelines are like color within those lines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Don't just and, it, and when that you, on you know when you're yeah, and when you're planning a scene like that or that type of play, yeah, there's there's a decent amount of effort that has to go into it, especially if it's like the first time. But mm-hmm. as it goes on and you both get more familiar with it and you learn what each other likes, it can get less and less planned and methodical. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So Absolutely. yes, there is a decent amount of effort that has to be put in up front to make sure it's successful and positive, so that then the the next times can be that as well, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I know, would talk I, about talking about having these scenes or this type of play and all the talking like we, I just want everyone to kind of know like, yes, that's expected up front. And of course, you'll communicate throughout. But like the all the talk that's happened up front will not always be the same when you're into it and you you have you found your group, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, and I would add on to that, especially the first or even the second time that you've done this, like you do all of this upfront communication about this is what we want it to look like. Here's what we want to have happen. Talk about it again afterward, because what you think oh, that you sure. want may not actually be what you want. You may get yeah. exactly what you signed up for and then walk away from it thinking like, oh, that didn't feel the way that I thought mm-hmm. that it would, or I didn't yeah. expect to feel this way. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's so important to do that negotiating beforehand and also that regroup or that recap afterward of, okay, how was that for you? What would you change Absolutely. next time? Would you do it again? Right. You know, is this something yeah. that we want to continue doing and how often yeah. or just special occasion or, you know, all those types of things. Yeah. Yeah. And I just yeah. think all that is just good, healthy communication. Oh yeah. You know, so, I mean, even if we're talking about vanilla sex, that is an edge play. I still want to know what you liked about the vanilla sex we had and, and if it was good and what you would want to do different or if you got out of it what you needed, right? Yeah. So that applies to any type of healthy communication. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I had a conversation um, with a friend recently. She was telling me, she was actually telling me about this really, really bad lay that she had. She had, she met up with somebody for casual sex and it was God awful. And she was telling me this whole story, this nightmarish story. And I felt so bad for her. But what I noticed in the conversation was... They keep changing what they were doing and they didn't stick to one thing. They were like, doing this and then doing that and then doing this. Because I'm like, that'll sink a ship real quick. It. I think what it came down to was there was a lot of talk about like, here's what I'm going to do to you. And like, I'm going to go down on you, but I'm not going to let you come. And then I'm going to do this. And like, just kind of building this like anticipation of, oh, we're going to have a really good time. And then didn't do any of that. Like was very, very selfish. Like just got, you know, he got to his orgasm like as fast as possible. And then they were done. Like, I was going to say the didn't well, come part, I'm sure was pr- probably true still. Right. Yeah, we, we kept yeah. that. Way. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, he did deliver on that. This? Um, huh? what? Where say? was I going with this? I was going somewhere with it. Um, I, About how what they I communicate. Noticed, Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I noticed was that she was not willing to like ask for what she needed in the moment or say, this isn't working for me. Let's do this. Or even talk with this person afterward about like, how was that? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have learned within the last year or two of my life to get comfortable with like asking for feedback, especially after the first time that you have sex with somebody, it's okay to say like, do you have any feedback? Like mm-hmm. that might sound really, really awkward, but I, I've gotten into the habit of asking that like Mm -hmm. positive feedback, constructive feedback, like totally open. I want to make sure that this is a good experience for all of us. Right. Right. And I don't want to change everything that I do, Mm -hmm. but if there's a particular thing that rubbed you the wrong way or a thing that Mm -hmm. you really enjoyed that I should do more of, I want to know those things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we're not courageous enough to like actually talk about those things unless somebody asks us about it. So I just got into the habit of just asking for feedback and you can, you can wear that however you want to, like you can Mm -hmm. say, 
you know, do you have any feedback about how that was? Or you can word it differently. Like I know that can feel kind of awkward for some people, but it's not a right. bad thing to ask for that kind of communication. Well, and here's the way I look at casual casual sex, especially with like a, a new person that I've never hooked up with yet. And it's just going to be casual sex. And it's what you know. You can, you know, some people say, well, why bother to put the energy in to get what I want? Because I'm never going to see them again. And we all know what this is for, right? Or you can be like, I'm never going to see them again. What's it going to hurt for me to be like, I want you to do this. And I need you to do this this way. Like it can go either way, right? You want mm-hmm. it to be a positive experience for you. If you know, you were dating someone and you were maybe a little bit more shy about being like, so I really hate the way you stick your tongue in my ear. Like that's not working for me. I can understand that being a more sensitive way thing to approach because mm-hmm. you kind of care more about their feelings and you're, you know, you're a little bit more invested, right? But sure. with casual sex, it's like, what's it going to hurt to be like, I really like this. And, and mm-hmm. if they're not into it, you're like, okay, well, then like, I'm not probably going to see you again. So, you know, the, the worst they can say is I'm not into that or, you know, like, so I kind of approach okay. it that way. Does that make yeah. sense? Absolutely. Versus yeah, I think not that, feeling like you're comfortable in those situations to. Yeah. I mean, we talk about how important communication is in yeah. relationships, right? But when you're talking about a super short-term relationship like that, yeah. the success of that really short-term relationship, mm-hmm. even if that's just a one-night stand, is communicate because Absolutely. the best way for you both to get the best experience of that one that one evening together, that one period of time together, is to be really, really upfront about what each mm-hmm. of you wants and then do your best to deliver on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't Don't expect somebody to read your mind. Right. And don't try to read somebody's mind. God, no. Just ask. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, what do you want? What would you like me to do? <laughs> you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So we covered we covered five fantasies today. Yeah. That was, that was a lot. I've got a lot of new new material to play with. Thank you. Me too. I love how we were going to try to stick. So originally before we started this, we're like, okay, we're going to try to stick to 30 minutes and we're right here at 54 oh, minutes. We almost so doubled it. We suck. So bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Horrible. Um, Okay, so I think I think in summary, if I think through like some of the common themes that we've talked about over the last 54 minutes um, (laughs) is don't don't be afraid to communicate and talk Mm. about your fantasies and what you're comfortable with with your partner um, or with whoever it is that that gets to join you for sexy time. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And don't be afraid to explore them, even if it's stuff that's never going to be done in real life if it's not mm-hmm. something you're comfortable or interested in doing in real life that's okay mm-hmm. um and to just be aware of like there there can be fantasy that you can bring to reality and there can be fantasy that stays fantasy and both are completely valid mm-hmm. and it doesn't really matter um how how wrong it is or how dirty it is right, right. like there is no need to be ashamed of the things that bring you pleasure. As long right. as the things that you're doing in real life don't harm anybody, there's mm-hmm. no need to feel shame for that. Like Absolutely. if it brings you pleasure, you should be able to own own yourself and like take mm-hmm. up that space to mm-hmm. live your most pleasurable life. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. 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 Well, that's a great summary. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's see. Coming up next week, we have plans to bring in a very special guest mm-hmm. whom I am not at liberty to share yet, but stay tuned. <laughs> uh, it will be a very exciting show. In the meantime, if you are a first time listener and you enjoyed today's show, remember to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a review. Um, we release a new episode every Friday. 
And then for those of you that watch today's show on YouTube, you can also like and subscribe below. Uh, be sure to leave a comment. Uh, let us know what some of your favorite fantasies are or if you like yes. the ones that we talked about. Um, and then you can also check us out at our website, which is ethicalseduction.com. You can also look us up on Facebook or Instagram or FetLife um, under the name Ethical, Ethical Seduction. Um, so thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, keep on creating the sex and relationships that you want. And we will. Bye.